0: As we set out to record this, I'm thinking about Dan McLaughlin, Cardinal Broadcaster, scoopswithdanymac.com, and when we talked about the Rams early on, about their exit, and why he was so dang upset about it, he said to me, the day they moved, one of his kids, one of his sons, who was a big football fan, NFL fan, was crying about it, and dancing. at that point, I got kind of pissed off, and he started retweeting the old tweets from Kevin Demoff, which... Turned out all to be lies, shockingly, which leads us to this Killcoin conversation with Randy Carricker from 101 ESPN in St. Louis, who has done a lot of, we'll call it reporting, pulling out some of the nuggets from this lawsuit that the St. Louis city and county have with the NFL, with the Rams. There's been some news this week, and a lot of this is from discovery, things that the St. Louis legal team was able to obtain from the NFL and from the Rams. And it's fascinating. What I would call, I guess, the level of, uh, well, Randy calls it arrogance, where I think they thought they could just do whatever they wanted. And the NFL, for years, is sort of like that. They do whatever they want, and they get away with it. But this time, they might have to pay in the millions and potentially hundreds of millions of dollars towards the city, the county, the region. And we'll see. It's still playing out in the courts. I think January is the court date. But there have been a lot of updates of late, so I thought we'd check in with Randy who is not only following this closely, but is a uh, passionate St. Louis football fan. And uh, the reason I brought up Danny Mac is I'm sitting here recording this. Kilquent Home Studios, uh, Carson is alongside, who did go to a football game with his brother Sheldon in 2015. And I said, you better go because they might be gone. <laughs> so uh, Danny Mac said the reason he was so upset was because of his kids. He didn't care about the Rams, but his kids did. So, Carson Kilquint is alongside on this broadcast, an unpaid appearance. I did make him a PBJ, so that counts. Huh. Uh, your thoughts on the Rams no longer being in St. Louis. How has this affected your life? I'm
1: kind of mad. I actually like the Rams. I'm, I'm a little upset about it.
0: Yeah. Do you miss going to games on a Sunday? Yeah. you think we should make them pay? Yes. For leaving? <laughs> What what are your friends? Do they care about football and who did they like other teams, don't they?
1: Yeah, they like other teams. Like my friend Paul, he likes the Packers. He doesn't really care about some of the like the old teams that we had.
0: Okay. Like
1: in any like in any sport, like my friends really don't care about like old teams that we had in, in any sport. So
0: Well, if we were going to go to a football game, where would you want to go?
1: I don't know. The Packers are pretty good. Yeah,
0: Green Bay. Something. You've been you've been by Lambeau Field. Uh-huh. That's a real franchise, let me tell you, the Packers, okay? So are you over it? You're over it or not over it? Uh, eh, halfway. He's halfway on it. Okay, so a Kill Coin conversation involving two Kill Coins and uh, Randy Carricker, our guest. As always, our conversations are presented by our great sponsors. That includes Triad Bank, located in Frontenac on Clayton Road. And I, I had to stop for a second because there are about to be two locations. Pretty exciting The bank has grown grown since they opened up in 2005. Five-star rated bank based in St. Louis. And soon you'll have another option in terms of popping in and talking to them about getting a loan or doing your banking. Uh, Exciting times for Jim Regna, the CEO, the entire team there because they have done it right. They've treated people right. And you ask anybody who's done business with Triad Bank, they'll tell you the same thing. Triadbanking.com is where you can find out more. And Marie de Villa, Senior Living, corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. Since 1960, premier Senior Living. That includes the Villa Estates, assisted living. You can take a virtual tour at any time at Marie de Villa. That's M-A-R-I-D-E-V-I-L-L-A. MarieDeVilla.com. Get yourself a virtual tour. Check out the finest in Senior Living. Also, appliance discounters, and this is exciting. They've expanded the warehouse in downtown St. Louis for years. We told you about the... 40,000 square foot warehouse, they've doubled it. 80,000 square foot warehouse. That means they have plenty of inventory. That means when you order an appliance instead of waiting months, how about days? So when the other guys tell you it's gonna be a couple of months, don't mess with that. Go to Appliance Discounters. They get you that GE product, General Electric. You know all about their great material. Search the website, theappliancediscounters.com. Just type in GE. Check out all the merchandise. Get the great GE rebates, quick delivery. That's what Appliance Discounters is all about. TheApplianceDiscounters.com or stop by any of their showrooms. And by B&G Tuck Pointing, the best in the bricks. 363-0525. 363-0525. Get that estimate. Call Rich Galati. Whether it's the chimney, the garage, the entire home, so many great brick buildings in the St. Louis area, make sure you get the best in the bricks when we're talking about tuck pointing, waterproofing, foundation repair, bgtuckpointing.com. Find out more or call them at 363-0525. Get that estimate. Make your bricks Hey, the best in the bricks. You can do that with B&G Tuck Pointing. All right, let's get to this conversation all about the lawsuit between St. Louis, the Rams, and the NFL, and some of the recent twists and turns, how things are looking up, and are there any potential Potholes, anything that could go against St. Louis. We'll talk it over right now with Randy Carricker. All right, Randy, I I want to start at the beginning, which is when the lawsuit was filed, did you have any hopes that it would go anywhere? I mean, it felt good when they filed the lawsuit, I thought, but I honestly had the suspicion, well, it just won't go anywhere.
1: It was interesting because I talked to some of the attorneys before the lawsuit was filed, and there was, I thought, some trepidation in even filing the lawsuit. But once I saw the actual paper, when I, when I saw what was written on the paper, I thought, well, this makes sense, and I'm not a lawyer, I, I have no idea. But I thought, well, if this is the law, and this is what the NFL did, and the law is that you can't lie to get out of a business deal, and they clearly did lie. I thought maybe they had a chance.
0: Yeah, I think when I read they were suing for you know lost revenue, I thought, well, that that doesn't matter. Teams move, of course you're gonna lose revenue. If you focus on the deception, and I guess that's kind of where we've gotten now, and you did a lot of reporting on this. Tell us about maybe what you consider the most surprising revelation, whether email, phone call. For me, I think it's just how flippant they were. The,
1: the arrogance is astonishing. And the, the one aspect of this that shocked me was that, and maybe this is a Roger Goodell thing, but they had that phone call with Goodell, Kroenke, Rooney, the late owner of the Steelers, and John Mara, the owner of the Giants, where Kroenke says, in 2013, I'm going to buy two parcels of land in LA and I'm going to build a stadium on it. They had a lawyer on the call and the lawyer was taking notes. This is part of the discovery process. This is uh, uh, something that the NFL gave to the St. Louis entity, the St. Louis legal entity, that we know happened. Yet, in 2014, January 2014, right before the Super Bowl, Roger Goodell was asked about the land that Kroenke bought and said, he's not buying that for a football stadium. Stan Kroenke buys land all over the world. He's a developer. And we have no knowledge that this is going to be used for a stadium. So in 2013, he was told... by Kroenke, I'm buying land in L.A. to build a stadium. 2014, he's asked about it at a press conference and says, "I don't know about it." And then it winds up being part of this case. It's remarkable to me.
0: We always knew they lied. <laughs> now we had we always thought they lied. Now we know it for a fact. Um, he also mentioned the relocation guidelines, and depending on who you ask, they'd say, "Well, these are just." advisements They're not binding. But yet he, under deposition, right, said these are binding. Yeah, he was asked, are,
1: are these mandatory? And he said, counselor, yes, they are. And just last month, he had said basically their suggestions. You know what's interesting, Martin, is if they would have just gone back to 2013 or 12 or whenever Stan Kroenke decided that he wanted to move the Rams back to L.A., all the NFL had to do was say, these guidelines really aren't rules, they're guidelines, and people can abide by them or not abide by them. If Stan Kroenke wants to move to L.A., he can. And then Stan Kroenke says, well, I run a business, and I'm going to make a whole lot more money in L.A. than in St. Louis, so I'm going to move my franchise. If they would have just been upfront about it and said publicly what they were saying privately, I don't think there would be a case. I don't think we'd be talking about this today.
0: And I think the Oilers in Houston, when Jeff Fisher was the coach, they said, we're leaving, and we're leaving in two years. In the last two years, I'm sure we're brutal because people are mad. But it was known they're leaving and they had that I've always said they had the right to leave the way it played out. In fact, the night of the uh, vote in Houston, late at night, Jim Thomas and I were sitting in the lobby and Demoff walks in, Kevin Demoff, with a large group, including Cronky. They had obviously been out celebrating the big move and Demoff walks over to the two of us and I never liked him. I used to get along with him. I had to. And he walks over and said, hey, guys. And I said, what could you possibly have to say? And he goes, hey, if you guys had any questions you want to ask me, feel free. And I said, my only question, I may have had a few beers at this point. <laughs> but I said, why were you guys so shitty? I said, you took, you took a dump on the city. You, basically, I said, you jerked everybody around. I said, why? Why, why, did you, why did you say we're moving? You could have done that. And he said, well, I'm sure there's many things we all could have done. I said, no, but that, to me, is the whole story. Like, you're leaving, they left to come here, we get it. You got a good lease, you get the... I think people could have, they would have been mad, but you could have lived with that, and I'll never understand it. And then Demoff becomes central in all this because he wants to talk and talks too much, apparently, right? Yeah,
1: even the speech that he gave at Harvard-Westlake, where he talked about, thankfully, we had the four-game losing streak, and he. but he, but he said, this, this is really where the case started, when he said... When Stan Kroenke called him in July of 2013 and said, hey. uh, Randy is firing up his chopper out here. Uh, Kroenke calls Demoff and said, I'm at Hollywood Park and this is the perfect piece of land to build a stadium. And then Demoff goes to all these people on videotape and admits it. That's really the genesis of where this all starts so he told we,
0: sam farmer of the la times yeah. the next day oh, i'll never forget 2013
1: yeah like right. went out of his way to bring it up right and so here is the nfl and uh, Eric Grubman, their vice president, spending a couple of years telling Dave Peacock, yeah, keep doing what you're doing, keep spending money, keep trying to build a stadium there. Because if you build a stadium, you're going to keep the team. And even at the town hall meeting, they said, if you have an actionable stadium, you'll be able to keep the team. But they made damn well at that point. There was right. no way St. Louis was going to t- keep the team. And so what they tried to do is try to get St. Louis to keep spending money and convinced St. Louis, Bob McNair offering the extra hundred million dollars in G4 money, convincing St. Louis that they would be able to keep their team if they got the stadium done. And I have to believe, Martin, what happened was with one year to go before a vote, Jay Nixon puts together this task force to build a stadium and the NFL thought no chance that they'll be able to build an actionable stadium. Then less than a year from there, Peacock and Blitz and the task force have an actionable stadium in place and the NFL said, oh my God, what do we do now? Well, how do we get out of this? So they had to start moving the goalposts. So they
0: just assumed, hey, let's get the LA thing going. St. Louis will roll over and die.
1: Right, because they won't be able to get a stadium going. And by the way, we should note that everything in this lawsuit is after the lease. There's nothing in regards to the lease or the dome in this lawsuit. It's all about the belief that the NFL would allow the Rams to stay in St. Louis if they had an actionable stadium. Well, once there was a stadium plan in place... Then the NFL started moving the goalposts and saying, no, we need to keep the money for uh, the, the stadium naming rights, which Dave Peacock worked very hard on. The Rams could never get in the door with Enterprise. Dave goes to Enterprise, gets the naming rights deal, $169 million, and it's almost as if the NFL thought, oh, man, what are we going to do now because they've got an actionable stadium? And they almost had to screw St. Louis because they'd already told Kroenke, yeah, you can go to L.A., no problem. And what what about
0: the Peacock email to Demoff telling him about
1: the name of yeah. and, and then, yeah, Demoff forwards it to the NFL and says, blanket, I'm out. And this, again, part of discovery. And Demoff was really clear with everybody from basically July of 2013 on that, the Rams desire, uh, except for us, right, in, in the St. Louis media and St. Louis people, that he wanted to, they were going to get out of St. Louis. And as it turns out, and I, you've reported this in the past, but the fact that Cronky had hired attorneys to get out, uh, to sue the NFL owners if they rejected his move to LA, that he was dead set on getting out of St. Louis and to LA, even if it took him suing his fellow owners
0: i'm sure in enos's wildest dreams it wouldn't come to this what do you think his level of frustration is right now do you think if, if at minimum i say inconvenience the guy which they've yeah, done right. embarrass him i don't know if that's possible what do you think his level of frustration with this fallout is
1: i would hope there's frustration i don't know that he has come to i can't imagine that he's a guy that comes to grips with the fact that he's going to lose And I had an NFL employee tell me that NFL attorneys think they're going to lose, which is not a good thing. But there's gotta be frustration for Kroenke And A, he has to pay all of the legal fees. That morning in Houston, he signed a waiver that said he will pay all legal fees for all teams in the league if they get sued. Right now, those legal fees are at least $10 million a team. So he's over three hundred million million. Yeah. Per Yeah, right. Wow. So $10 million per team. So he's well over $300 million there. He's got to be frustrated that he always gets his way in court because he, he's able to convince courts to get to arbitration, which generally sides with the rich guys. Well, he hasn't gotten to arbitration, and he's not going to get to arbitration here. And then the fact that a lot of the things, because of his arrogance, that he said is now becoming public knowledge, I would think there's at least a smidgen of frustration there for him. But I don't think that I really don't think the league Martin has any idea, even now, how serious this is for them.
0: Is it possible the judge here too sees this as a bigger picture like putting a a league like the NFL, but all professional leagues who jerk towns and regions and states, they jerk them around all the time. Is it possible a ruling could be, and I don't know, I guess that's a individual person's mindset but I just wonder part of it like okay for years these leagues have all jerk people around we're gonna set a precedent here I, I don't think that's the
1: case and it was interesting in the hearing the other day the the reason the hearing was held is that the st. Louis Trangage, legal group right. wanted After every single owner to be available to have their finances investigated for the purposes of damages and the, the judge said well what is what have the Fords done in Houston? What what he what bad thing have they done? What have, what have the McCaskies done? And he laid out Mara and obviously Jerry Jones and Goodell. He about a half a dozen people. But he wouldn't allow most of the owners to have their uh, Finance is their finances through, investigated, right? and I, I really do think that he's going to the letter of the law here. I don't think that he's trying to make a point or set a precedent, because then that would be available for appeal right. to, to for the one, money. Could be up. appear
0: partial in some way. Right, yeah. right. You're right. So I, that's I, me, the vindictive yeah, judge. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> no, I got the sense that he really is abiding by the letter of the law here, and especially in a case that's this important, and because he's in St. Louis, I don't think that the St. Louis attorneys or Judge McGraw want this to be over turned on an appeal because of a legal misstep.
0: Why wasn't, and to my knowledge, Jeff Fisher was not deposed? Is that right?
1: That is really surprising to me because of the things that he said, not only after the fact, but the fact that he said to Cortland Finnegan, we're moving. And that, that was 2012. Yeah, there were several people that I was really surprised have not been deposed and that was one of them because clearly Fisher knew, as he said after he got fired. Well that's one of the reasons I took the LA job and then he backtracked and said, well they took the job in St. Louis with the thought <laughs> that we might at some point move to LA. He's been pretty clear, it seems to me. I don't know if he meant it or
0: not, about knowledge that the franchise was going to be moved. Do you think they and this is sort of this is not about the legal case, but did they wanna I always argue if people say they wanted to lose. And say, no, they didn't want to lose, but they weren't as and Charlie Marlowe, my colleague, has said, well, they weren't motivated to win because they were kind of out the door. So if they put together a great team, I don't know if that changes the dynamic at the end. I think, and I know
1: people hate for me to say this, there is some brilliance on the part of the Rams. Okay, They, they finish 1-15, they take Sam Bradford with the top pick in the draft. Really good quarterback never and they they spend a lot of money they spent money they gave extensions to Quinn and Laurentis and that entire first round defensive line was really an expensive group never get a left tackle that can play they draft Jason Smith can we remember that first day of minicamp where they decided he couldn't play left tackle right. they sign Jake Long who's used up they take Greg Robinson no chance that Greg Robinson could have played left tackle so so was it incompetence or was it part of the plan? I think it was part of the plan. They never get Bradford a receiver. They never have a good running back until the last half of their last season here. Stephen was washed up. As much as we love him, he was washed up at that point. And you have people like Trey Mason and Isaiah Pede. They didn't provide Bradford weapons. And then as soon as they hit ground in L.A., they go out and sign Robert Woods and they draft Cooper Cup and they get Sammy Watkins and Gurley all of a sudden is an MVP candidate, and they sign Andrew Whitworth. That was one of the first things they did. They got a left tackle. They got running backs. They got wide receivers. Things that they never had here in their last post-Greatest Show on Turf era here in St. Louis. I I really think that that was a great plan. If there's anybody that has a lawsuit against them for negligence, it's Sam Bradford.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would say, you got to L.A., you're not starting Case Keenum when you get to L.A. No, uh -uh. no. you got to roll out a different product. Right,
1: and they knew that, so they get there. 2016 draft whether well, they do they make the trade so that they can get the first pick in the draft and take Jared Goff it, it seems you really have to dig deep and you really it's a have a great to...
0: conspiracy though yeah, and, and, and yeah. plenty of people have suggested it. I just don't know how you carry that out but if you do carry it out I think Fisher's got to be a part of it oh there's no doubt about
1: it and just look at the way the offense was treated here as opposed to the rest of the NFL, when it was becoming a passing league and he wants to be the 85 Bears and thinks he has Walter Payton in the backfield. I absolutely think that there was a desire on their part to not be able to sell tickets in St. Louis. I don't think there's any doubt about that.
0: So now, are you going to the courtroom? Or are you just reading all this online and does your wife say, oh my God, let it go?
1: <laughs> no, my this was my first experience actually in the courtroom. And this was the first open hearing that they've had in this case earlier this week. Uh, no, my,
0: NFL lawyers are in there at this point? NFL or, lawyers are in there. I mean, some are local guys. right? Support. But the right.
1: Washington, D.C. guy is the big guy for the league. And then Cronkie has a local attorney in there, and uh, Bob Blitz is there, and uh, Chris Bauman litigated for them, and Ed Dowd, former federal prosecutor, is there. Uh, pretty impressive, actually, legal group for St. Louis. And I don't, I don't get why people want to allow their city... To be raked over the coals like the NFL and Cronky did, and then just say, "Yeah, that's cool, let it go." I, I just don't get that, and especially with some of the things like Demoff had with the the, the goodbye email to fans, which was now tell us about that. I don't
0: know that I even understood. Explain.
1: Yeah, that. for season ticket holders, they sent hey uh, an email to fans saying, "Hey, th- this is unfortunate, but we had to do it." And it was basically a a vanilla form email to fans, which was known within the confines of Rams Park as the AMF email, the adios mofos email, Uh, and things like emailing the murder rate of St. Louis to the league, or emailing a difference in the credit rating, a drop in the credit rating of St. Louis, the city of St. Louis to the league. And that was one of the other really disingenuous things that happened, it was Everything in that relocation proposal revolved around the city of St. Louis. It wasn't about the metro area. And I remember asking Demoff about that on that night, January 12th of 2016. Why would you talk about the city and not the metro area? Well, you know how he puts his head down and you know, droopy dog. I don't know. I didn't write it. You know, but obviously he knew of it and he knew what was happening. But everything that they did was made to make St. Louis look bad.
0: What I've said to people who said, you know, let it go. Say okay, let's just say you're a hardworking person. You get up every day, and you go to work. You do your job, and I say, hey, so and so owes you five to ten grand, but you could just let it go. Would you? Would you care about five to ten grand? Probably would, but it might be fifty. Well, I'm interested. You know, I mean, I, I don't think, and as a city, as a state, a region that could use a little money, you can't walk away from potential a paycheck. At minimum, they owe you the money you spent chasing them out the door when they had already made their when they were playing a game with you. They owe you that, plus your lawyer fees. What is the number? What's realistic? I know people say, oh, we'll take a half a billion. It's going to be a ton. What do you think is realistic? Well, I, I di-
1: actually did the math the
0: other morning. and what? God s- bless you for yeah, doing that. Thank right. you. And I'm not
1: a good math guy, as you know. But about $100 million in lost tax revenue. Uh, about $100 million left on the dome debt. About $17 million spent on the... Uh, the Cash yeah, de- yeah, well, and desire to build a, a yeah. new stadium. And then you've got the $550 million relocation fee, which does not exist. This is unjusted en- enrichment. It's, it doesn't exist if there is no move. And then the reason for the move, and again, unjust enrichment, the difference in franchise value between the franchise when it was in St. Louis and what it is the day that the trial ends. Right now, the Rams are valued at $4 billion. They were valued at $1.4 billion the day they left St. Louis. So you're talking 2.6 there. So right now you're talking about $3.3 billion in terms of it's if The St.
0: benefit St. to them of moving. Yeah, so, and, that, and that, that,
1: that would be the reparations to St. Louis and the unjust enrichment. Now, will they get that? Perhaps. It's a St. Louis City jury. There's a reason that this lawsuit was filed in the city of St. And Louis. And
0: the Rams fought that hard to get it they out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, and, and so... Could I see a St. Louis City Jersey uh, jury uh, giving damages beyond 3.3 billion? Absolutely, because there's punitive damages and then there's the injury that was done to the city of St. Louis. And I can tell you this, when this lawsuit goes to trial in January of 2022, it's going to make the league look really bad. I don't think any rational person is going to be able to look at this. And we know the timeline. I think most fans know the timeline. We, they're going to see this and say, man, these are really bad people that did a really bad thing to St. Louis.
0: Do you think it'll resonate outside of St. Louis? I saw Pro Football Talk, which is a huge platform, quoting you. Uh, in Boston, one of the TV stations wrote about it. They hate Goodell yeah. more than St. Louis does. You think about it, we need New Orleans to get interested because they hate Goodell. There's a lot of NFL distaste out there, but I, I don't know how much this is going to play. Maybe if this settlement comes out, it'll get a ton of attention.
1: Yeah, and I think if people read the story and— figure out what happened here. I think it'd be different. I, I think right now the perception around the country is oh, St. Louis didn't draw enough fans and so the team had to leave. They didn't make enough money and that was not the case at all. And I think, I think if people read the details and especially if it's 3.3 million that'll open some eyes and people say wow why 3.3 billion? I do think it'll be reported better on a national level but one of the problems that we're going to have is I, I work for an ESPN affiliate. Is Adam Schefter going to report this with the fact that ESPN is in bed with the NFL? Is Jay Glazer with the Fox being in bed with the NFL? Is NBC? Credit to Mike Florio. His website is owned by NBC. I was really surprised. I don't blame those people because they're, they're all
0: afraid of the league. Yeah,
1: you know. their bread is buttered by the NFL. But I also know that the uh, the business papers, the sports business journal, they're interested in it. I think there will be a lot of coverage once, once it goes down. Yeah, maybe. once it happens, once we have a case, once there are more revelations out there, and then especially if there's a big judgment against the league.
0: And what was the other demo, provi- he provided talking points to Goodell, correct?
1: It was crazy. So, uh, before we go up, in, you, you were at the New York Super Bowl, right? Did you go up I that don't okay, No, that, I one, that was Seattle and Denver. Okay, I was okay. not. Okay, so I, I went up there, and it wasn't for the Super Bowl, actually. We were going up for another reason. But... The night before we're leaving, the story breaks in the Post-Dispatch and the L.A. Times that Kroenke is buying land for the stadium in L.A. And Demoff, right after, I guess, he gave the story to the Post-Dispatch and the L.A. Times, he sends an email to the league that says, a story is coming out about land purchase. NFL emails back said, well, what should we say? So he gives them talking points about how... Stan Kroenke is a developer, he's uh, buying land all over the country, kind of like well, just what he said, uh, what Goodell said. Yes, those talking points were provided by Kevin Damoff to the league, they gave them to Goodell, and he knew damn well the team was moving and what the land was for, but Goodell walks up to a press conference at the Super Bowl and says, yeah, I, I don't know, stands a developer, and if, I, if he was building a stadium, I would know about it. So either Goodell was lying at the podium, which now it turns out he was, or Cronky was lying to Goodell, but because of that phone call in 2013, we know that Cronky G- was keeping Goodell up to date on what was going on here, and Goodell was the one that was keeping it under wraps.
0: So admittedly, you're not a lawyer, I'm not a lawyer. We watch a lot of crime shows and mm-hmm. lawyer shows. <clears throat> what, what's the weakness in the St. Louis case? Where could they lose? Have you heard? Nobody yeah. suggested that, but or where could yeah. they come up short? No, th- I think that's
1: a good question because I, I think one of the things that the league will jump on is that in their guidelines, they do have a line that says owners are allowed to work in the best interests of the league. And they can use that, but none of the other guidelines were, were taken care of. So if, if a judge just takes that one line out and says, well, they were working in the best interests of the league, that could hurt St. Louis. And I think the other thing that could hurt is what the judge did the other day. If he prevents any other owners from being left out, and granted, St. Louis has the NFL still in there, so they can investigate all the finances of the league, just not the individual owners. But I do think it'll be a little bit more difficult, a little bit more of an uphill climb if they don't have the other owners as defendants in the lawsuit.
0: And I do get the sense, not only because Stan's side those papers, but the rest of the league's kind of well this is your thing. You you handle this.
1: Right. I don't know that they really care about Stan having to pay. But the lawsuit is against Stan and the league. So if Stan gets hit
0: genius, right, yeah, you rope them all in.
1: Right. If Stan gets hit for everything that he gained from this, the two point six billion in franchise value and the fact that the team left, that the other owners still benefited from that five hundred and fifty million dollar relocation fee. And so, that part of it could be taken out, perhaps. I, I think there's a chance, and again, like you say, we aren't lawyers. But in talking to the lawyers, I'll tell you this. We're not smart people, no. but we always talk to smart people. We do. And, and they're exceptionally confident in the case that they have. It's different than other cases that have been filed against the NFL. It's not an antitrust case, it's not a federal case. And the fact that we've had St. Louis go to the Missouri Supreme Court. Cronkie uh, actually took this to the U.S. Supreme Court. They wouldn't hear it. Every single challenge has been met with a wall. Every single challenge that the NFL has tried to make legally has been met with a,
0: a stone wall, and they aren't advancing the ball at all here. Do you think the lawyers locally are stunned at how good the case is? Like they started it, and that the way it's played out, they're like, wow, we didn't know how much was there.
1: I think that is absolutely the case. I, my guess would be that... They knew they had a good choice because Kevin Demoff had put their case on video for them, right? He, with all the lies he told us, and with everything that he said at Harvard Westlake, and all the quotes from Cronkie about, hey, I, I didn't want to lead the charge out of St. Louis, or you know, I'll do my damnedest to keep the team here. Everything, the timeline was great there. Then they get the discovery, and they say, "Holy cow! I the can't, trail. Yeah, yeah, I the- can't believe what these people said and then gave us." And they didn't even get all the discovery that they planned to get. But there's so much there. There's such a paper trail. I really do get the sense that the, the lawyers are shocked at what a case they have.
0: Any chance of a settlement?
1: I don't see that unless the NFL is going to admit wrongdoing. I think that this case was filed in the first place, even though there's a lot of money on the line. This case was filed in the first place to let the world know what a cartel and a lying group of scheming scoundrels NFL owners are. I think that's why the case was filed, in addition to the money. I still think that's the case. And unless the NFL would offer a lot of money and an admission of what they did wrong, I don't see a settlement. And from what I understand, here we are in mid-July of 2021. This case is several years old and no real settlement has been offered. Early on, the NFL came to them through an intermediary and offered something like $50 million. And uh, from my understanding, the owner that received the initial offer literally laughed. So I, I just don't see...
0: Meaning yeah. St. Louis asked for fifty to no, I mean, no, no, the NFL. Offered, the NFL offered, yeah, the
1: okay. NFL offered fifty through, and it wasn't them. It was apparently suggested, through maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. and it, it was. It was, and let's make this go away for fifty million dollars. And St. Louis laughed. I don't think.
0: Uh, Who's calling the, think the shots? Is it Bob Blitz? I mean, who has the ultimate? We don't have a, a king of the county or a mayor. You know, I mean, yeah. we have mayors and county executives. Who ultimately has the power here? But I'm,
1: sh- I'm sure that. At the end of the day, it is the county. It's probably, if I had to guess, Tashara Jones now, Sam Page, and Kitty ratliff I think those are the people that the lawsuit filed on behalf of that would win or lose because of something that was offered. I, I would guess that that's the case.
0: And remind me, San Diego, Oakland. They didn't chase them out of the city. They didn't build a stadium, right? That's the difference, and they wouldn't have a lawsuit because they didn't try to keep them?
1: Right. There were no actionable stadium plans in either of those cities. Oakland never did anything. They never lifted a finger. And San Diego at the last minute had a vote and tried, but there was never money in place to build a stadium in San Diego. There was never a real stadium plan until after the Chargers had left, and we were going to have a riverfront stadium, and we had photos, and we had money in place. It was it was all going to be there for the NFL, but the NFL didn't like the stadium.
0: And for people that want to read more, is, there stu- is it available online? Is it available to the public? Can they go to a law library? How, can, how do they follow it if they want to get... More intimately involved?
1: Well, there's a couple of things that you can do. Number one, read the lawsuit. And if you just Google St. Louis NFL lawsuit, there's a PDF available of that. I think it's important for everybody to know what the NFL relocation guidelines were and are. So you can Google that as well. And then if you go to CaseNet, just Google CaseNet, and that's Missouri cases. And I don't know that what happened earlier this week. Uh, with the the latest is up at case net but the filings generally wind up at case net so that's a good way to to get your information
0: here's the final dilemma are you going to canton for isaac
1: i am going to canton for isaac we're going to broadcast there on monday and i tell me if you agree with this i think even if tory goes into the hall of fame that this will be the last big st louis nfl event
0: you agree yeah no i agree with that i think tory will be the last domino there player wise and it's sort of the last link to St. Yeah. L- Sam Bradford's not getting in. Jason Smith's not getting <laughs> no. in. All the Trump candidates not getting in. But my question was, you and I will be there. Demoff will be there. Stan could possibly be there. Um, and you can't go up and punch people. No. You can't spit on people. I mean, obviously, people have anger. And, but I don't even know what I would say. I've thought about it because I'm sure I'll see Kevin – and I think I'll just say, I have nothing to say to you. I mean, I don't know what else I want to say.
1: Yeah, I, I would just say, hey, how do you think the case is going for you guys?
0: Oh, I like that. <laughs> There's a genius to that. Like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm just doing some light reading and hold up the lawsuit. <laughs> Randy, keep it up. It's fun to read about it.
1: Thank you, Martin. And uh, you guys do great work over at uh, the Two Fox. And, of course, Scoops with Danny Mac. Always good to talk to you.
0: And I should say a shout-out to the uh, Potbelly. We're here live on location, on tape. The Olive, you could hear the traffic in the background here on Olive. The Potbelly location. Well, interesting conversation to say the least. And I think what a lot of people in St. Louis, especially in the early days of the Rams exit, what you would have asked for then is, hey, let's make these folks squirm a little bit. People that don't normally have to squirm or get inconvenienced. And that's what's going on right now with the entire league, Stan Kroenke, Kevin Demoff being deposed, their own words coming back to haunt them, being proven as lies and I uh, appreciate Randy keeping close tabs as I'm following it, but not nearly as closely as Randy is. And I know some people are done with it, don't care, have moved on. That's fine. But for those who are interested, hope you enjoyed the conversation. As always, it's presented by B&G Tuckpointing. They're on the web at bgtuckpointing.com or get that free estimate at 363-0525. B&G Tuck Pointing for the waterproofing, foundation, repair, and all your tuck-pointing needs, it's one spot. Marie DeVilla Senior Living, corner of Clayton and Wideman Road in beautiful West County, 60-acre campus, mariedevilla.com. long longtime sponsor of all of our segments. Going back to Tony Talk, Pucks with Bernie and Panger. Great folks at Marie DeVilla Senior Living. And appliance discounters, the 80,000-square-foot showroom means when you order an appliance, it's going to be delivered quickly. Stop by the area showrooms, check out the merchandise, or on the web at the... Appliancediscounters.com And Triad Bank, again, a great sponsor for many years of all the projects we've worked on. Triadbanking.com, the website, or stop in. Ask for Jim Ragnum. Anybody on the team there. Jim's the CEO. They're on Clayton Road in Frontenac. And if you're a business owner, make sure you're doing business with a bank that's based in St. Louis. Talking about five-star rated Triad Bank. For Carson Kilcoin and myself, Kilcoin Conversations signing off. Talk to you again soon. All of the segments available at Spotify, iTunes, and of course Scoops with DannyMac.com